Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today is from both the Gospel and the Epistle lessons, especially these words from St. Paul. To me was given this grace to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring a light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. Thus far our text. Dear Christians, this morning we move out of the Christmas season and into the season of Epiphany. The word epiphany means to make manifest or to reveal amongst us. To begin with, the thing that's being revealed to us is the answer to this question. Is Jesus for you? Is he for you? Has he come for you who live here in Lincoln, Nebraska, 8,000 miles away from Bethlehem, 2,020 years after his birth? Is Jesus for you? At the time of his birth in Bethlehem, the Roman civilization was beginning to reach its zenith, controlling the entire Mediterranean basin, reaching from Spain and France all the way to Egypt, from Mauritania to Turkey. Approximately one quarter of the human population lived within its borders. At the time of the birth of Jesus, Jewish building projects and engineering had also reached their peak. They had built some of the most amazing stone structures ever built. They had done it without cranes or jackhammers or any other sort of power tool. They had moved the second largest stone ever moved by humanity. A rock that was 44 feet long, 10 feet tall, and 8 feet thick. They put it right on the street level, with the wall continuing up for dozens more feet. The Jewish culture was strong. The Roman culture was strong. Both of them had tremendous written histories and literature, medicine, government, a tax system. They had plumbing, baths, clean water, and roads that connected all the cities. That's the people that Jesus was born to live amongst. And at the same time, these two civilizations were there at their zenith, 
And that form, my ancestors, whoever they were, were probably barbarians running around in the woods of Germany, Ireland, and Sweden with their faces painted blue, just scraping by day by day. Which people did Jesus come from? I don't want to belabor the point. I don't want to put down my ancestors or perhaps even yours. But the reality is my ancestors were not in a position to know about the birth of Christ. They were Gentiles. And not only Gentiles, they were Gentiles who were barbarian Gentiles, who lived away from civilization. They didn't know about the Bible, the Old Testament. What claim could my Swedish ancestors have to salvation from Jesus? Or my Irish ancestors who lived on an island just a few miles away from the Roman Empire but still were outside its borders. They did not descend from Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. They did not even know about these patriarchs. But instead, they had moved away from that promise long ago at the time of the Tower of Babel. What difference would Jesus make for them? And would his life, his death, and his resurrection be able to count for them? Or did Jesus just come for the Jews? For God's chosen people? For those within the confines of the Jewish state? In other words, does Jesus count for me? And you can ask the same question perhaps about you. Being mostly a body that's made up of Germans, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is almost entirely descended from those northern barbarians. Can Christ count? Is his forgiveness good enough? It's with that question in mind that we can ask about those magi on that first epiphany. The magi, or as we commonly refer to them, the wise men, were not Jews either. And they weren't from the Roman Empire. They didn't worship the same God as the Jews or the Romans. They were Gentiles from the East, the Parthian Empire, an empire 
that was almost always at war with Rome. Can Jesus count for them? Can they be forgiven? Can they have faith? Our gospel lesson tells us that they come to find Jesus. They had heard God's word, they had seen the star, and so they come to find Jesus. Believe it or not, yes, they had heard God's word. Some 580 years before the birth of Jesus, the forefathers of the Parthians, the Babylonians, had raised Jerusalem to the ground under King Nebuchadnezzar. They had led the remaining Judahites out of Israel into exile. Some of the exiles, like faithful Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remained faithful to God even in a foreign land. They preached the truth. They spoke about God. They did not deny, but they confessed who the true God was. They very likely brought copies of God's word with them into exile, including these words from Numbers 24. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Those words were passed on generation after generation among some who lived in the East until the day that Christ was born. They see the star coming out of Jacob. They know God's word that a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and so they go looking for a king. It is God's word that drives them to Bethlehem to find Herod. They ask about the birth of the king, and Herod does not know God's word. He finds scribes to look up where the Messiah is to be born, and God's word again directs them in Bethlehem of Ephrathah. That's where the Savior shall be. And in fact, that is where the Magi find Jesus. And so it is in our gospel lesson that foreigners from outside the Jewish nation, from outside the Roman Empire, are among some of the very first to see, to worship, and believe in Jesus. God's word can work great miracles. God's word can make barbarians and Parthians and Magi Christians. So back to you, dear friends. Is Jesus for you? You, like me, are likely not descended from Jacob 
or Abraham, but from foreign peoples of old. Will Christ welcome us? Will Christ receive us? Will he bring us unto himself? Will he overlook our heritage, our sin, our guilt, our unusual customs and mannerisms? Will he welcome us into his family? Yes. Paul answers that question in our epistle lesson. He says that the Gentiles are fellow heirs. We talked about that last week. Members of the same body, partakers of the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel, through God's words. In other words, the gospel is for all the world, for all people, no matter where they are from or where they go, no matter what kind of a person they are, whether they are rich, whether they are poor, whether they are a Swedish barbarian or an Irish barbarian, whether they are black or white or brown, or anywhere in between. Jesus is for you and for all people. John's Gospel teaches this. Jesus has died for all. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The world. St. John the Baptist points at Christ and says, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. For all the people of the world, there is not one person for whom Christ has not paid the price for sin. Not one. He's even for you. We can look at the bigger picture and talk about Christ dying for the whole world, for Jews, for Gentiles, for barbarians, and even Nebraskans. But we must allow our name to be on that list. We must hear the salvation is for us because it is. Yes, you've sinned. Yes, you've done wrong. Christ still forgives you. He went to the cross for you. He was beaten for you. He bled for you. He died for you. And he rose again for you. You are free from sin. You have the promise of eternal life in Christ's name. And in the waters of holy baptism, God has adopted you into his holy, precious family. You are his child and you always shall be. 
It doesn't matter what your background is, your ethnicity, your financial status. He died for you in the same way he died for all. And now you're free. Free to live a life apart from sin, guilt, and shame. To no longer be slave to the whims and desires of this world. You're free to live a life without worrying about ethnicity, about identity, but instead to just trust in Christ, knowing He takes care of the big things. You're free to worship Jesus without fear, alongside the Magi, the Romans, and the Jews who came to faith. You're free to allow your only identifier to be this, forgiven Christian, and to live in such a way that your actions reflect it. Is Jesus for you? Yes. Jesus is for all. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.